0: Hi. This is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up and welcome to the Social Jello with Angelo podcast. Today I'm here with Bobby Seronio and he's a part of the Kaju Kembo Ohana. Again, disclaimer, I am not the official Kaju Kembo podcast. This is the Social Jello with Angelo podcast. I want to thank you for watching, and before we get started, if you like what you see, you like what you've heard so far, just hit subscribe and hit like and hit the notifications so you can keep up with the show. So Bobby, what's up, man?
1: What's up, my brother, man? Thank you for this opportunity to jump online with you.
0: I don't know. Thanks for coming out to, to meet me in the cyberspace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> so, Bobby, um, how did I meet Bobby? Well, I met Bobby the same way I meet a lot of people. Um, I'm online, and I'm posting my videos, and I'm posting questions. And Bobby came in and threw a really a really cool comment. And then later we started talking, and it turns out that he has his son, Bobby III, um, is fighting for Bellator. And Bobby just made it very apparent to me that my accent's fucked up. And I've been saying belater for the last six <laughs> years, which is probably why people don't take me seriously. And I'm glad I always say, don't take me too seriously. <laughs> and then Bobby was a nice guy. He didn't bring it up, but yeah. So yeah, man, that's awesome. So you got your son fighting for Bellator. How, how's that working out?
1: You know, um, it, it's funny that growing up, like when my kids, when my, my kids started, um, karate right we were just doing a lot of sport karate and um and then we got on the pro circuit you know we started winning championships all my kids and actually my school was one of the top schools in 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 california you know to because we we fought a lot on the nbl NASCAR pro circuit you know and then my son was about 13 i knew he was going to high school and i said well you know your dad's 5'7", your mom's 5'2". I don't think you're going to be dunk, dunking the ball, hitting home runs, you know, and stuff like that, and running for touchdowns. I think you can play soccer or golf or wrestle. I know I can teach you golf and wrestling to get you a scholarship. Everything was trying to get them to get a scholarship. So all my kids wrestled. Uh, and it just so happened, my youngest, she became an All-American national champion, you know, to, as, as well as that. But my, my son had some bad luck his last junior and senior year with a busted up knee. And then then he wrestled in junior college. And then at one point he was ranked fifth in the state, you know, and then he hurt his shoulder. And then um, one day we just talked about it. And he goes, man, let, let's try an MMA event, you know, because I really, truly believe if your instructor teaches you how to fight. You can fight anywhere. The only thing that changes sometimes is the rules. and You know, and on the street, there's no rules, right? So I said, hell, let's just, you know, let's use our sport karate and wrestling and see how we do. Uh, he jumped in. He won his first fight. He won his second fight. He knocked out a, a Muay Thai guy, his third fight. And then he took a break because he had knee surgery. And then his fourth fight, he came on and he, and he went up a weight class to 145. And then right after that, we got a call from Bellator, seeing if they want to make his debut. Because they wanted to sign him three years ago. But I thought, well, he's not ready just yet. Because, you know, he was only 18, 19 at the time. And he could possibly win the first two, three fights. But we had to train for the guys who are veterans, who have the five fights, six fights. So one day we went up to uh, Dave Terrell uh, Jiu-Jitsu. I don't know if you know Dave Terrell. He was an ex, um, he's a UFC back in I think, yeah a long time ago he's one of Cesar Gracie's first black belts
0: yeah I so he him. went
1: up there and my son was getting tapped out left and right And I said oh we're not ready for the we're not ready to go pro yet so three four years later you know he was out there and he competes at jiu-jitsu at a pretty high level no gi and um and uh, we made our debut you know which is pretty exciting
0: and then just a quick note for my listeners, um, I'm going to share my screen here real quick. Uh, he mentioned, he mentioned Dave, David Terrell. Here he is right here. He's an American yep. mixed martial artist, uh, retired American professional MMA fighter. He fought in yep. the UFC and Pancrase, Pancrase, yep. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again, aren't I? That's
1: okay, brother. <laughs> you know, and he was doing ADCC, you know, before it became really popular, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny that he fought for Pink Race.
0: Pink. Oh, damn it. So like, it's funny that he fought for them. Because um when I was when I first came out to Japan, I fought off an offshoot from the same for the same venue. So yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um yeah. so going into your story, man. If, if you don't mind me, if you don't mind going there. How yes. how did you get into Kageyama? I'm mean, like we right I'm We're doing like a deep da- uh, like a Quentin Tarantino thing. Like we start, we just started <laughs> now, and I want to go back. Um,
1: so yeah, we'll that's how you... my mind works too. You know, I'm all over the place anyway. So you know, <laughs> good good. The, 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 the,
0: this is gonna go really smooth then.
1: <laughs> it's our listeners that gotta catch up. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I hope you're keeping notes, everyone.
1: <laughs> well, you know, um, geez. My, how I got a Kaji Campbell, it wasn't a meaning of getting into it. I was kind of born into it, right? Um, my 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 first instructor was his name was John Ramos, Grandmaster John Ramos. Um, he's the brother of Tony Ramos, um, and so he and he's also my godfather. So I started training Kaji Campbell back in '75, um, and all I really can remember back then, from five years old till I stopped, maybe about nine years old, it was the culture was pretty rough, you know? Uh, even though he was my godfather, my uncle, I think he was really mean to me. I I, I told him I hated him, you know, cause, <laughs> cause I didn't give him kiss and hug before, after I left to go home. And, uh, he, and he basically told me, because you know, son, an adulterer, you're just another student. Outside of here, I love you. You're my godson, you're my nephew. I love you and whatnot. But at a very young age, they, it, it, the, the culture of that was, was pretty mean, you know, and you grew up, I, I took a lot of that as a kid. And then I started um, doing Kaji Kimo again in the, a, in a, what's that, mid eighties because my uncle closed his school down in the late seventies. You know, so I, I joined it with one of his black belts back then, but how it all kind of started was with my grandpa, uh, Polly Seroneo. You know, um, he grew up with the Imperators. Uh, He actually lived with them too, and I and I and I believe uh, uh, Grandmaster uh, Mitch Powell gave me a lot of information. He even probably knows more about my family than I know about it. You know, because he's like a little—he's a historian about that stuff too. And uh, you know, and all that. I just used used to listen to all the stories. You know, about he was one of the only black folks to teach at kamuki and I think Wahiwa back then. You know, and then, you know, one of his students was, um, you know, Gaylord. Um, And then also that was helping, I guess, my grandpa was my uncle, Tony Ramos. And then they brought it over, I guess, to the mainland in the 60s. So, again, I I had no choice. I think a lot of my cousins and everybody that that was part of family had no choice. Um, But, yeah, that's how it just all started. From... uh, from my uncle's little dojo to my, to one of his black belts in a garage. And then I, I continued fighting, you know, doing sport fighting and stuff until I had kids and we started in a garage.
0: And it's funny that you mentioned like you had no choice and, and to have no choice, like, <laughs> so when I, when I first started cross-training with, uh, with, with some of the, with the Gracie Baja schools, right. they have, they, their slogan is Jitsu for everyone. And I thought that was kind of funny because like, the first thing I thought of was like, kaju Kimbo is not for everyone. Like if I, if we had a slogan, if we had a slogan, it's not for everyone. It's so, not. It's so, not. so to say you had no choice, you had no choice in an art that is not for everyone is, is a rough, <laughs> it's a rough
1: choice. It is, and you know what's funny about that when when we moved from the garage to the to the rec center, and then I got my first dojo, one of my black belts is like, hey, cuz, I go, what's up? And uh, his name is Sean Villa Carlos he's one of my first black belts and he continued to be my black belt till this day. But back then he was like, Hey, uh, can we talk? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. He goes, Hey, are you going to um, calm down a little bit with the curriculum and stuff? Because if you notice, we lose a lot more students, a lot more men and adults. And, uh, and uh, if we're going to go into another dojo and we have to pay overhead, you know, I, I suggest maybe you kind of throttle back a little bit, you know, back then I was kind of young. Like, ah. <laughs> it's not meant for them if they're not around, you know, but unfortunately, I think I would have learned. I should have listened back then. You know, we would have might have been a lot bigger by now. Yeah, you know? but you're absolutely <laughs> right. It's not meant for every everyone and everyone that that's able to, good, to get into college level, especially with great instructors. Uh, it's a privilege you know, because sometimes it doesn't make sense. It's like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. (laughs) For a lot of people, it doesn't make sense. And if anybody who's watching who doesn't know what I'm talking about, just to give you an idea, like I've had black belts from other arts come in and be like, what's going on? (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) And I thought that was like an American thing. And I came to Japan and they're a little more rougher, right? Japan, those yeah. karate guys they're not even wearing pads, they're doing the yeah, full they're contact very traditional, right? right. They're full contact fights. So, like, okay, these people will probably <laughs> okay, okay. Let's just go over like defense number one, and they're just like, wait, what? The guy goes on the ground, and then you do what? They're just like <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely I think not for everyone's a good slogan for us. Um, yeah. so you so we left off on your story here, you're in the mid-80s. Right, and, um, and then like in your story, we went from the mid-80s, and then all of a sudden you, you opened your own dojo. But I kind of want to go back to the mid-80s, because uh, you said you trained from when you were five to nine, and you came back in the mid-80s to continue your training. How old right. were you in the mid-80s at that point?
1: So uh, about 85, I was 15. So okay. we, I started training with Arnell Conjo at the time. And uh, he was one of my uncle, my Uncle John's black belts. And also, he was a black belt underneath uh, Mr. Pat Salientes they were actually at that time was agent Knights, but he moved back to San Francisco. Um, so I trained with them from like 85 to maybe around 89 around then, you know, um, and then I moved to Vallejo and from Vallejo, I trained with, Amo uh, Batista for a little bit, you know, and, um, a lot of my seniors was like Woody Sims, Bobby Wilson, you know, those, those guys, um, and I, and I stuck with a, Mr. Bautista to maybe about, maybe 94, 95. And then I, I opened my school in 2000.
0: All right. So when, when in the point in, in this, uh, when did you end it up? Well, obviously you had no choice. Like one of the questions I asked people that had, well, I don't know if they had a choice. Well, yeah, you don't. Know, your family's in it, so you had no choice. <laughs> These people were just wondering, like, well, there is a door. There is an exit sign there. So (laughs) if I don't want to keep going through this, I can always leave. But there's always a point for those people. And even for yourself, that you say you had no choice. Where you realize this is something that you love to do and that you're going to end up going for the the black belt, Um, whether you want to have a black belt or you just want to try to test yourself through that black belt test. When did you realize that? Like, when did you realize, all right, this is obviously you made a choice, right? You came back in the mid 80s, say, I'm going to get back into yeah. this. Um, but when did you realize, like, not only am I going to get back into this, but um, I'm going to end up going for that black belt test. When did you kind of think about that? When did that hit you?
1: Actually, you know, it really never hit me. Mm. Um, uh, back in the 80s, uh, I started training again because my friends were training, you know, and then I knew their instructor. And at that time, it was really more of just a fighting school. You know, we just go in there and we fight on the cement and then we go to tournaments and we'd win. You know, that's what mainly about, you know. Um, and uh, we didn't do a whole lot of self-defense stuff. We did enough for, for the belt promotions. But as a kid, we didn't do a whole lot of the a lot of knowledge until I got to a mobile school. Uh and then because he was one of my Uncle Tony Ramos's black belts as well. So I went with him because it was his family, right? So um and in there I gotta meet a lot of great black belts, you know, um, and learn a lot of different self-defense stuff. But I didn't really get to understand what the, our self-defense was until I really started teaching it, right? And having students. Uh, but primarily back then I just loved to fight, you know, I just loved to. You know, because I wrestled in high school. Um, I think I'm a better grappler now than I was in high school because I really didn't know how to diet and all that stuff. And, uh you know, one year I broke my ankle, and next year I got pneumonia. But I always loved, I always loved grappling. I always loved it because I thought it would help me be a better fighter growing up in growing a city, a kid growing up in the city, because that's all we did was fight. So I thought, okay, grappling, I'm not a big guy, but if I learn how to grapple, is going to help me, you know, inviting. I didn't know it was going to transition to what we do today because when people say Kaji Kimball is the first mixed martial arts, I think it's it's false, you know, uh, because MMA is a sport. You know, sport karate is a sport. You know, Kaji Kimball is, is a way of life. You know, it's not only just an art, but it's how you kind of, we kind of look at things a lot differently than other martial artists, you know? I'm, I'm sure other martial artists don't think, okay, well, if I kick him of the balls, take him down, break his arm, he yells, I punch him in his chest and collapse his lungs, he's dead, you know? But I know that's our art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a visual, right? We get that visual of how we're supposed to defend ourselves, you know? And so I didn't really get a lot of knowledge until I opened my own school because I always felt, your students are an extension of who you are as an instructor and even as a person. Right. So I don't know if that answered that question, but I never really thought about becoming a black belt. I never even thought about having a school, uh, things just happen, you know, and then you just put your whole heart into it when it does.
0: And how is that transition? Right. Going from fighting to teaching, when did that happen to you? Do you remember?
1: Um, yeah, uh, I guess 2004, right? And uh, um, again, my cousin Sean, one of my black belts right now, he's like, hey, bro, are we going to be doing karate tournaments? Or, or I said, no, we're just going to stay traditional. And then, uh, so we ended up uh, doing a one karate tournament and we lost. I lost my shit right then. I was <laughs> like, I cannot <laughs> lose. I hate losing. And then that's where I started to teach myself how to kick. You know, um, a lot of, you know, I don't know it, I don't see a lot of Kaji Kimbo people. They don't do a lot, a lot of sparring, a lot of high level sport karate. You know, I, that throughout my travels and years of a couple of decades, you know, the only ones I've probably seen out there was, uh, was, uh, the Kenji's, um, Robert Kenji, he, you know, he's like my brother, Darren, they're, they're Darren, South, Southern California. You know, but I didn't see a lot of high level uh, any Kaji Kimmel's fighting at that high level in sport karate, whether they they didn't like it or whether they don't believe in it or whatever the case may be, you know. But um, because of that one day we lost, you know, I thought, you know, I hate losing. I hate losing everything we do. Ping pong. I don't know. Coloring. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and that's when the transition happened. You know, that was my balance between. We would never compete in karate tournaments and show our opinions or or our self-defense because I think that for me, that stays at home, you know, but the fighting and going out there and learning how to work distance and movement and how to get from point A to point B the fastest or, or see what they can bite on, what's fakes, you know, and to challenge yourself. I I like that type of stuff, whether it's wrestling or fighting or whatnot. I, I really, really, really competitive when it comes to that. And I love I love making the our weakest person the dopest dude, you know, or the dopest young lady, you know, and going out there and getting that smile. That smile means everything when they win. So it was pretty easy, but because of that type, I guess, a personality, I just kept going, 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 going until I figured how to win and how to make it better and then transition it into full contact. So <laughs>
0: And that school you had in 94, 2000s, you said, 2000s. Yeah. Where was it?
1: it was, we started out in my garage, you know, and then um, we moved 2004. We moved to the rec center. Um, oh, sorry.
0: Was, uh, what what city or, or what, what area? Oh, of, in Vallejo. Okay. And Valeo, that's California. California. Yeah. Okay. Valeo, California. Yeah. And then I, I just, cause I'm geographically challenged. Uh, <laughs> Valeo, California. Uh, where where is that like in the greater scheme of things?
1: That's like about forty five minutes from like um, from San Francisco.
0: Okay, all right. So forty minutes from
1: Oakland. All right. Like all right. forty minutes from Sacramento. So. All
0: right. All right. Start so off like...
1: Highway D right in the middle. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Cool. So that's where you had your first school then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We all and stayed in Vallejo, and then we and then I got um a smaller a 1,000 square uh, foot spot. And then um, we've been in my last dojo is about 3,200 square feet, but COVID kind of leveled me out, man. And uh, and now I got some business partners and I haven't announced it yet, but we got a new spot that's coming, above, coming up in Vallejo or American Canyon, which is about 5,000 square feet. It's gonna have a full cage and everything.
0: Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. That's 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 good. That's really. I'm happy to hear that. um Yeah, I try not to go into the into the dark times, <laughs> as, I, as, I, <laughs> as, I, as I said it earlier. Really, I try to avoid the dark times subject, but yeah, yeah. It, everyone got hit pretty hard there, but I, I'm happy to hear yeah. that that you're that you're bouncing out and and getting ready for the next plan. And trying to, you. So you were teaching. You started competing. You started. You got upset. Uh, when they lost that first tournament, and then you started hitting hard, getting in there. Um, What a... And then for you, you were wrestling. So, like, you were wrestling. You did did Kaja Kembo from ages five to nine, and then you were wrestling throughout high school, right? Yeah, wrestling throughout high school. So how was that? Like, how was... You came from Kaju Kembo and then you got into wrestling. So, like, a lot of people that I've, I've had this story with, it's usually, like, the other way around. They were doing something else and they got into Kaju Kembo. How was that, like, going from Kaju Kembo and then going into wrestling, how was your mentality in that, like, in that aspect? Because you already did Kaju Kembo and then you start wrestling. How was, uh, was there any adjustments or was there anything that, like, you kind of noticed in the way wrestling is approached and Kaju Kembo was approached?
1: No, um, I was just a kid, you know, and the reason why, one of the main reasons why I was about 11 years old and I was, I got into a fight. I was beating this kid up and he must've been about three, four years older than me. And then he wrestled me down to the ground and he sat on top of me and he hit me a couple of times and it got broken up. And, uh, I said, man, when I get in high school, I'm going to (laughs) wrestle because I never want to have that happen to me ever again. You know, and then I ended up loving the sport, um, you know, uh, but then I wasn't really high into it. You know, like, I think the only other school in my area that's high-level wrestling is the Makololois. You know, Jeff Makololoi and them. And I consider them guys a sister school, too. But, um, yeah, it for me, I, I believe wrestling and the way I teach my Kaji Kembo and my sport karate fit hand in hand. That, it's that type of grind. Um, is that type of uh, monotonous stuff, you know, like in wrestling, everybody has the same movement and the same techniques, right? But what makes it great, right? Like what's a bad shot? A bad shot is no setup. So essentially, even in fighting, everybody knows the same things, but I think what, what differentiates those, those type of attacks is the setup into those red zones, you know? And so for me, wrestling and and uh fighting and country just just fit, like hand in glove
0: yeah. all right cool so yeah, you already had like you already knew and I, I like that like so you had a you had a personal experience that made you say hey this is something i really need to work on right which is which is different right some people <laughs> some people go through something like that and they're like this is something i want to avoid <laughs> 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 like, right, that's like on the other route. So that, that's that's right. that's really cool. You're like, hey, this is something. Even though this wasn't something that I was, just this, there's something there, and you, you and you went after that to get better at it.
1: Yeah, and, and it didn't help when I was in high school. I was smoking cigarettes and going to wrestling practice, but you know, who's <laughs> going to tell me different? You We're know? <laughs> 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 just kids, <kidding>, man. So. <laughs> so when you got your cardio/chemo
0: program together. Did you end up incorporating wrestling in there? Or was that a little Absolutely. later? All
1: right, cool, cool. Absolutely. Like um I, I wanna say we're different than a lot of Kaji Kembo schools because of that. I I approached um my type of fighting and my philosophy for the for the athlete of today. And I mean that because sometimes I, I believe sometimes in Kaji Kembo, we train for an opponent that no longer exists. You know, those, those techniques we're doing back then that we learned as a kid and as an adult were the techniques for those, those people on Hawaii, you know, those, I guess, sailors or whatnot. Nowadays, everybody in the mama knows how to do some type of grappling, do some type of Muay Thai, you know, because they're, they're watching TV, they're watching YouTube. They love their anime with Goku and, and stuff like that, you know, because I'm a big Goku fan, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, right, right? And then they have freaking the UFC gym, right? So 9 out of 10, you fighting a low stance, looking for the growing shot, that is not going to work. You get a freaking freshman who is a prodigy, who knows how to wrestle, he takes you to your back, you know? So – I always wanted to teach our guys and my kids for that type of athlete. For, for the, even the, for the type of athlete like me when I was younger. You know, you want to teach, could I beat that guy in the street? That guy who has that, that attitude, who wants to just rip your soul open and piss on your face. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's my mentality. So like, I always teach a kid, Was it easier to teach them how to punch, kick, and do stretching than do pinyon one? It's going to be a lot harder to teach a five-year-old pinyon one. It's going to take forever. So I would teach them backwards the motor skills of the right. People say practice makes perfect. No, perfect practice makes perfect. And teach them the right fundamentals. With movement, with hands, and make it fun at the same time. And then when we, they get a little bit older, to comprehend these dances, because I get confused sometimes with some pinions and concentration and self-defense. <laughs> I'm like, "What? Can we do that?" And then I write it down in your Bible, and I have to write and I have to rewrite it because I don't know what I just wrote. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. put it on video.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, know, man. I I, I want to say, yeah, I'm so ha- I was so happy when finally like. When uh when technology finally got to a point where my camera was this big, because I was like I couldn't even afford a camera growing up, so I was like oh man, so I'd always ask my uh my instructor, uh he had a VHS camera thing. I'm like can I can I watch your videos? And I said he had like these old like he had these old videos he made like in the 90s, and um and it's just like I wish I had it's like really cheesy stuff like hello my name is <laughs> so, so like, like, i'd watch it man i'd be like yeah it's okay good this is i need to remember this right but like yeah it was it was different right you had to write everything down yeah um and then like even if you, th- you wrote it down like you said then you later you do it you're like no nah, that's not how you do it like damn are, it wasn't left it down was down that right, my right,
1: right was that my right foot my left foot goes back what <laughs> <laughs> but now everything's on youtube so you know, yeah. And videos, you know? <laughs> but yeah that that was my whole concept and uh and i and i and i've always been like back with uh with my 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 peers and like you know my grandmasters you know kaji Campbell is 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 not set on what you write on paper or what you put on video you know it, it's what you taught and what evolves into because uh we're not like Taekwondo or Okinawan. We don't all have the same dances. We can't enter a tournament and say, okay, this is traditional Kajikembo. And everyone does Pinyon one totally different. <laughs> you know, to where if you enter a WKU tournament and it's all Okinawan, Japanese, and Shotokan or whatnot, right? They're doing the same dance. But yeah, uh, Kajikembo is, is, is like, yeah, it's, it's a way of life, it's a, it's a different mindset. You know, and uh, as long as it makes sense to you and, it, and it's practical and it works, then who's to say it's not?
0: And then this brings me to a, to a question that was once asked to me. Uh, I went to uh, I ended up meeting Ramsey Dewey, the, the YouTuber guy who makes those. He makes those videos that for women's he, he, challenge, he doesn't challenge, but he likes getting women's self-defense videos uh-huh. and, and he pressure tests them to see how they work uh-huh. in real life. And it just right. turns into a real funny thing where like, yeah, you know, he's like, all right. So you grab the guy like this. And then like the person like just double legs him under the ground is like, okay, so that, that didn't work. <laughs> right. So he has like a series of that. But anyway, I, I ended up meeting him out in China. I didn't know he was a YouTuber. He's also an MMA coach. And he asked me a question. Like he's like, Hey man, I, I kind of want to do a video one day, but I, I want to ask you something. Can you show me a kaju technique. And I'm sitting there like, damn. So before I, before I finish my story, I'll, tell you, I'll finish my story after I ask you the same question. What's a Kaju Kembo technique, Bobby?
1: <laughs> Kaju Kembo technique. What they like to do is just kicking the balls. <laughs> kicking the ball, poking your eye, and, and hit you with a nice elbow. <laughs> you know, spit in your face and give you a nice slap and make you do the dance, you know? You can visualize that, bro. I know you can. Yeah, right? I can.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't have an answer for him. I was like, I had to sit there for a while, and I'm like, uh, there's definitely going to be a kick to the growing. And he's like, Well, what about how about something that you can use like in competition? And I'm like, All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right okay. One thing that I've seen a lot of kaju Kimbo guys do is the ridge hand strike to the nose. So, like, I can say. Maybe like a backfist, a a backfist, Perry, Ridge hand strike to the nose. You may find many, but not all, Kaju Kembo schools may or may not. Dude, I sound like a fucking politician. (laughs) I I cannot confirm nor deny that maybe these techniques are used. (laughs) At the end, he's like, I "I don't know if we can shoot this video, man. I'm like, "No, don't worry about it. I don't think I, I don't want to. (laughs) Oh,
1: (laughs) you know, I always tell my kids this, uh, and all my students. When I was younger and my dad, you know, actually my dad never seen me fight and he a black belt until Hawaii, until I was an adult. But he never seen me fight as a kid. But one thing he told me, he goes, if you can use your, your front leg like you use your front hand as a jab, you'll be dangerous. So that always stuck with me. So like all my kids, all my students, when we're fighting, whether it's left leg front, right leg front, you gotta watch out for that that first kick. That that kick controls everything. Kick side kicks to the hip, side kicks to the leg, side kicks to the face. If you can use that like a jab, you know, um, uh, you'd be pretty dangerous. So, and that's one technique we've always lived with It was a side kick. Uh, that's that's very essential to establishing that distance. You know, dude, were you able to see my son's fight?
0: I have not seen your son's fight. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. no. Now that I now that I got now that I got the name, now that I got the name, I'm gonna do um, what I always do. My my problem is there's too many fights, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's just too many fights, and now that I and now that I know people that are in the game, now I feel bad. So like now I prioritize like okay, wait. I got to, wa- okay, look, I got to watch my buddy, my buddy. My, I got to watch my, my, he's the coach. I got to watch his fighters fight.
1: Right, right, right. And right. then
0: like, and then I got the people like outside of that that are like, Hey, you got to watch this top person fight. And I'm like, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> 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 I'm going to get to that. But now now that I have your, your son's name, I want to watch the fights. Um, it was really
1: nice I'll, I'll do i I'll, I'll binge.
0: I'll, I'm going to binge binge watch the fights. Like I, like I do on a, one of those nights that my wife's like, hey, you know, I'm going to watch whatever girl show she's going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Go in the man cave.
1: <laughs> you know, it was really cool that um I don't know who the announcer was. I don't know if it was jo- Josh the Punk Thompson or um I don't know, but they did their homework. And there was like, well, Bobby Stronio's family is, you know, deep in lineage. It, he comes from a, a fighting background, like, you know, Mr. Hackleman, Chuck Liddell. And it was really nice to have them Put Kaji Campbell back there, I think was a big move for us to get Kaji Campbell mentioned again on national TV, you know, because like you said, Kaji Campbell, there's a lot of great Kaji Campbellists out there, you know, unfortunately, like some of them just like to keep it within themselves, you know, not venture off, you know, uh, but the ones who do, I, I think they're pretty successful. And uh, it was really a blessing to, to hear our art be announced uh, on national TV, you know,
0: and then uh, that was pretty dope. You being in the game, and this is something that I'm always telling telling people like, like when I when I came out to Japan and I met the people, I started training with the people I trained. And I said, What's well, Kajukembo? And trying to explain to them how we're we're everywhere but unseen. <laughs> we, yeah. we're, we're everywhere. And I, like and when I started doing this podcast and started listening, when I typed in Kajukembo podcast, I kept finding interviews on random youtube channels podcasts about martial arts or sometimes other topics but they'd have like a a business success and uh, interviewing right. some dojo <laughs> owner and then they start telling their stories and i start realizing like oh man a lot of golden gloves boxers a lot of muay thai champions, champions. yep a, a lot a lot of world champions in, in in mma a lot of world champions and other stuff like wrestling stuff that like yeah. is not is like part of our acronym, ka karate, Jew, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu. I'll just say grappling for the Jew. ken right. for kempo, kung fu. We'll just say kung fu for the ken, and bo for boxing, kickboxing, which is going to include that whole acronym. We can right. find it. We can find a champion in any part of that acronym that's a kaju kembo guy. He just doesn't wear a kaju kembo t shirt, or she doesn't wear a kaju kembo t shirt right. when they walk out and they step into that ring. So, like, my question to you being in the game, how many kaju kembo people do you know of in the game right now? Like, in in MMA and that kind of thing?
1: I don't know any. Uh, I know a lot of people, they like to train stuff. Um, uh, You know, my cousin's school, Train for Life, they're Kaji Kimball. They're, like, in the next city. Um, But I don't know that many people um, that wrestle, that do sport karate, um, that that are competing in MMA sport as well. I don't know that many, um, but, you know, uh, maybe we'll come across one or two in the amateurs, but not as pros. Um, and uh, if, if there are any, I, I suggest they do like us, this, represent this, represent our our, our our art, you know. Bobby walks out, it's his Rony O'Kajjembo. His fight shirts, he walks out in his gi, his black belt, you know, I'm I'm very proud of uh, Kaji Kemo, our lineage, and what it's done for me and my family and some of my friends. You know, uh, but I think uh, I think we need we need to do a better job about announcing them. Like, I never announced my son has 20 junior world t- world championships in sport karate, you know, or my my daughters or my whole team. You know, I kind of kept it quiet, but I think I should have done a better job and celebrated them when they were winning than trying to stay super humble. You know, I think there's a – I, I, I should have known the difference between humble and being arrogant, and we've never been arrogant. And, and just celebrating your kids and your students' achievements, I don't think that's – you know, I think that I think we got to do a better job, even as, as instructors, you know, because I'm sure Mr. Hackelman has a lot of great champions out there that he doesn't mention either. You Know a lot of great up and comers that doesn't that that he probably doesn't mention either or other Kaji Kimball guys out there who are who are MMA, you know. Um, and I think we got to do a better job of, of celebrating Kaji Kimball when it does read a, reach a higher level, you know. Like my ne- like my nephew, um, Jacob Makalolo. I mean, he's boxing now, he's a pro boxer, but a lot of Kaji Kimball people don't know he's a state qualifier, he's a national champion. He wrestled at D1, I think, in Columbia you know stuff like that um we can go down the line I think a lot of great Kaji Kimball kids that came up that we didn't get to celebrate too early you know uh, and like I said my son my nephews and everybody else and, and all of our extended family and I think that's a problem you know we got to celebrate them now
0: yeah and that, that's something that like I don't I know they're there like yeah I know what I'm and I'm I'm a Kembo black belt. And now like I know about people that do Kaji Kembo involved in different sports because if you end up in the in the private pages, like the, <laughs> the exclusive pages of Kajikembo, yeah. like you do yeah, Kajikembo, yeah. you end up in those in those Facebook pages. And then you start seeing it, right? Like, hey, you know, um, you know, my son's wrestling, he just won this championship. Oh yeah know, my my daughter is doing, you know, this this tournament and she just won this tournament, or my son's yeah. boxing thing. And you see it in those pages. But then, like in the general public, I, it's like not so much. Like you don't really yeah. see it in, in the general public. It's kind of like within a, our ohana, yeah. We kind of keep it, yeah. So it's it's um, I don't know. What do you think? Should it be that way? Should we just keep it within our ohana, or do you think there's something that we could do to try to get it more publicized to the general public? Hey, like, you know, I I think now
1: we should we should get it publicized. You know, put it out there. Be proud of what we do. You know, uh. And, and that, that can only help us, you know, uh, and spread the knowledge, you know, and spread the celebration, you know, celebrate your, your students' victories, celebrate, oh, my God, he just made it to the Olympic qualifiers. Oh, my God, he, they just won a karate sport, karate world title in Ireland, you know, so I think, you know, and I, and I have to do a better job like that. So I just started doing that, you know, my son just got signed to Bellator, multi fight. Exclusive contract, you know, I have to celebrate that stuff. Don't just keep it, don't be stingy with the celebration. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think there's a difference, right, between being arrogant and being humble. And I think, right, like I think a lot of us, myself included, I feel like, I feel like showing, as my instructor said, you want to go out there and get that piece of plastic, you want that piece of metal, then you got to work hard for it. But the way he said that, right, that piece of plastic. That piece of metal. He never called it a gold. He never called it a silver. Right to the point that even when I moved to Japan, I left all my trophies at home. Right. So like <laughs> I didn't even bring them with me. And like right. I, I, I gained like maybe I was older when I got out. I probably kept two trophies that I got for placing one for placing second. And uh, I called it a, I called it a what's it called? What's the, what's that? What's that new gen term? that they call oh, oh participation trophy i got a participation <laughs> trophy i lost that fucking match man i got tapped but i have a participation <laughs> silver that i put there and i got another one that i won and it's still silver but i won the match it wasn't a tournament and those are the only two medals in my dojo and people ask me what's that for oh it's a participation trophy I
1: told
0: them. <laughs> it's like, but that's not like a lot of our mentality right is not is like there's this thing that we we don't want to be that guy that's like look at all these medals look at all these trophies yeah. right look how great yeah. i am because the people that came before us are just we know so many great people right like of right. course so it feels like it feels like we're dishonoring that but like i think you made a great point it's not there's nothing wrong in celebrating others, right? I think it's yeah. one thing to say, this is my trophy. It's another thing to say, hey, this is my student's trophy. This is my student's yeah. accomplishment. Not really about the plastic yeah. or the metal, like you said before, but this is their accomplishment. Their accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like because
1: that. we had a lot of great, like, back in the 90s, like, we had – there back then in sport karate, the only, like, Kaji Kimball guys that were out there, I mean, Richie Bearfield. I mean, he won the NBL world titles back-to-back, 90-91. We had Satch Williams back then uh, we had Damon Gilbert who's part of my our, my era you know one of the big country Kimball fighters out there I mean there's a lot of them that I thought we could have celebrated a lot better you know um and and I think we got to just do a better job about that celebrating your friend celebrating their accomplishment you know because that's what it's all about is the self-growth and and growth within our ohana right yeah. And it feels good. Like, oh my, man, that's true. My boy gave me a shout out, man. Much <laughs> love, you know? You know, it makes you smile. What the hell? Yeah. There's nothing it's, wrong with smiling.
0: I always say it costs absolutely nothing to hit share. Yeah. When you see something really cool, I see it all the time, like on Facebook. Hey, look, I really like that technique that, that my that my friend, that my, that my boy Roland's doing right there. I like that. I'm going to share that. Like, hey, here's a, yeah. And I would put that, like, this, this is a Kaju guy from texas you know he did this video or like hey here's hackleman he did this really cool thing about how to open up a liver yeah. shop i just it costs you nothing zero yeah. to hit share and let everyone in your network know that this is what this person is doing
1: absolutely bro yeah. absolutely yeah celebrate each other a lot more man and, and don't get caught up in rank and all that crap man just it's too goddamn old we really got a time we're ready at right. time. Right. Like, there's plan, only so man. there's only so much
0: time we yeah. got, so many rotations we got on this planet. So that's like it, bro, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what we could do a lot better for Kaji Kemble, man. Fuck all the negative shit, man. Let's put out some happy stuff. You know, <laughs> some good stuff. So
0: before we wrap up, yeah. um you mentioned the last fight. Uh do you just want to let the listeners know where they can find the last fight? Oh, uh, your son oh, fighting. Yeah.
1: He, you can find all of it on um, on uh youtube right i believe okay. it was it was bellator 266 you know and um and bobby's i think he's the and it's funny right he his fight got moved up right before the main event even though he's making his debut and i totally believe because he has such a big following you know um so yeah you can find that stuff on there uh you can follow on bellator twitter where they announced him signing uh, a multi-fight deal with Bellator, you know. But, yeah, his first fight was on, if you just put in Bobby Soronio, the third MMA, uh, or you can go on YouTube and check out Bellator 266.
0: All right. And then yeah. if anybody wants to go out, well, when, when it's possible, when the time comes, uh, if anybody wants to train with you or or anything, look up what you're doing, where can they find you online?
1: Uh, They can just uh, – I don't – on Facebook, Cerroneo, Cironio Island Bread Martial Arts.
0: Cerroneo Island Bread no, martial, arts. martial Arts, and that's that's not bread like B R E A D, right? That's my, my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
1: B R E D, bro. <laughs> <laughs> there's
0: that there's that uh, second language thing coming in again. All right, so right?
1: Here,
0: I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So you just check it out, Google it, and definitely check out Bobby, uh Bobby's work and, and his son's work down at
1: <laughs>
0: but... <laughs> Philator
1: <laughs> 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 Belator. Yeah, man, man. you guys hit me. Any country people folks <laughs> that want to get, they can always come to my dojo and I'm open to share my knowledge with them. And if you ever come back to the Bay Area, I got a room for you, bro.
0: Oh, that's awesome! We
1: can stay at our house and come train on vacation, man.
0: I'll definitely take you up on that once, once, once things open up and I can. I'm, 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 uh, I'm under island arrest right now in Japan.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> once
0: that's lifted, though, that that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, you know, and just stay your ass there until everything is cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm just <laughs> just hiding for now. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope when it's all done, I'm not going to come out and be like, what fucking year is it? I mean, like that, what, when, in Jumanji? <laughs> what year is it?
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: oh, man. Well, for my listeners, thank you very much for taking up. Social Jillo with Angelo. One big mahalo, and thank you very much to Bobby yeah, for coming out way. and yeah. sharing his stories with me. And um, again, I try to release two podcasts a month, and of different, it's about psychology. I should have said the descendants first. So I do totally like, like a Tarantino flick, by Absolutely. the way, <laughs> this podcast <laughs> is about psychology and martial arts. Should have opened with that, but there we are. Thanks for checking it out. Thanks for your support. Thanks to my Kajukenbo Ohana for checking it out. And for the general public. Again, you can find this on any podcast pl- platform. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and I'll catch you all next time. Peace.
1: Woo.